Good to see you all. Thankful Amen. to the Lord to be here. Amen. Thankful to see my pastor. Came in this morning and he wasn't here and the kids told me that he wasn't going to be here. And I understood the difficulty, but I was saddened because of that. The sheep, when he brings them in the fold, like the shepherd. We don't like him too much when we're out of the fold, but we certainly like him when we're in the fold. Turn to the book of Ephesians. I want to continue our study. And the assets of our heavenly bank account. I read the first seven verses again of Ephesians chapter 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings heavenly places in Christ I mentioned before when we looked at some of these verses how it, you notice it keeps saying in Christ in Christ mm -hmm. we have no blessing outside of Christ yeah. verse 4 according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us under the adoption of children by our Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now as we progress in this study of the assets of our Heavenly bank account. We come to the halfway point. I said there were ten things here that we were going to look at. This is the fifth. The first was redemption. The second was adoption. The third was the sealing of the Holy Spirit. The fourth was acceptance, which we looked at last week, and now this morning, forgiveness. I want to stress that these are not their chronological order or listed as to their importance. Mm -hmm. If there is a chronological order, I'm not sure what it is. There may be. Nor am I able to determine if one has more importance than the other. But they're all very precious to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. When you think of forgiveness, certainly that must be a, a, a sweet thought yeah. to the child of God. Our Father's bounty 
the Lord in heaven is it, 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 it's a limitless. And so he gives graciously out of that bounty to his children that we may share in his bounty the unsearchable riches. And so sharing the gospel that others may be rich. Second Corinthians 6, I'm going to read verse uh, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 10. It says, As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, and yet possessing all things. So our Father's spiritual bounty is limitless. And he gives graciously to his children, that's you and I, that we may share in his bounty and the unsearchable riches. And so sharing the gospel that others may be rich. Mm -hmm. As Christ became poor, that we may become rich. Amen. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, and still is, I might add, no matter how much he gives out, Amen. he's still rich. Yeah. Yet for your sakes he became poor. That ye, that is the believer, through his poverty, might be rich. Now this refers not to what that is being poor. It doesn't refer to what Christ did while he was on earth. But to what he did when he came into the world. That he laid aside the glory of his divine majesty. That's what, that's what it's talking about when it's talking about being poor. It's not anything to do with a earthly monetary value. He laid aside the glory of his divine majesty. That by all appearance he was a man, even a servant. So men refused to recognize him as God because of that. In Philippians chapter 2, very familiar passage, verse 6. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's what it's talking about when it says made himself poor. Now one of the facets of his grace as we continue on is, is our forgiveness. As I said, we looked at redemption. 
we looked at adoption. We looked at the sitting of the Holy Spirit. We looked at acceptance last week and this morning. We're going to look at forgiveness. Forgiveness, according to Webster's 18, 10, or as 1828, I get the right year. <laughs> yeah. You know that, Myra. Help me out here, brother. Forgiveness is the act of forgiving, it's the pardon of an offender, but which he or she is considered and treated as not guilty. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Oh, we were guilty. We were sinful. We had nothing to offer God. We had no wealth in that in that sense. But He forgave us for Christ's sake. Capitalize that for Christ's sake. So it's the act of forgiving. The pardon of an offender. That's you and I. Which he or she is considered and treated as not guilty. The the thought of that. (laughs) That God would forgive us. Who are guilty. As though we weren't. You've heard folks say. Well I'll forgive him. But I won't forget Because we can't forget. Somebody offends us. We'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. Although we like to try. Well that's not how the Lord forgives. He can forget. He can't willingly forget those things that he, that's uh, counted against us. Forgiveness assents to a wrong committed. And yet declares the offender not guilty. I know you're guilty. But I'm going to forgive you. Now what is it that God forgives us of? Of all of our sins. All the sins that are against God. There's none exempt. Romans 3.28 says for all. All. Now a lot of times in the Bible all doesn't mean all because you have to take it into context. But right here it means all. For all have sinned. That is except the Savior. And by that we have offended God. If you're without Christ this morning, you've never trusted Him. If you're, if, you're, if you're trusting in something else, you're offensive to God. That's very hard. So a f- forgiveness is sense to a wrong committed. What is the wrong committed? Well, I could sum it up with one, one statement. God's not in all of our thoughts. Before God saved me, He wasn't in all my thoughts. 
None of us before salvation intelligently discerned or comprehended God. We might say, oh yeah, I know, I know there's a God. But we, we didn't ever intelligently discern God or comprehend God so that we would seek after Him. It didn't change our lifestyle. Oh, I know there's a God, but I'll just go on living like I'm living. God's not in all our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Romans, Psalm 10, 4 says, All his thoughts are as if there is no God. Therefore, we are unrighteous. Right. We're all under sin. Held down by it. That's what it means. Subjects to its power and its control. I can't throw off the power that sin has over me except through Christ. So we are unrighteous. We're all under sin. Romans chapter 3. I must read this. Don't take my word for it. Preacher says something that you don't think's right. Time to show you where it's at. <laughs> Prove it by scripture. Romans chapter three and verse nine. What then? Paul writes here. Are we better than they? Speaking to the Jew. No and no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles. That they are all under sin. See Jews. Looked upon themselves as a distinct people. As, as God's people. And everybody else. They were just Gentiles. Both Jews. And it says, For we have before. Proved both Jew and Gentile. They are all under sin. As it is written. See, he's, he's give scripture. <laughs> Don't say something. Brother Hilliard says you better be able to give scripture when you say something. As there is written. He, he's referring back to, to Psalm 14. There is none righteous. No, not one. Man. It's like a sledgehammer, isn't it? Them old Jews, they were self-righteous, weren't they? I was self-righteous. Well, my grandmother was a very religious woman. And she lived in our home. And she I was always teaching about the Lord. That didn't make me righteous. <laughs> my father was saved. I remember he was baptized. Man, he came up out of that water shouting. When he had a cerebral hemorrhage, which he died from several weeks later, he was willing back to the hospital. He said, don't worry about me. He said, I'm all right with the Lord. 
Verse 11, there is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. I didn't understand God as the Bible sets him forth. I didn't seek after him. They're all going out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit, poison of asps under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. Boy, was it ever. In the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God of him in a reverential way. He says there is no fear of God before their eyes. Not really. Now sin you know the oracles of God uh, that's just the word of God in this Old Testament language uh, spoke to the heart of a believer and it pricked her heart. Now sin acts just like an oracle of God speaking to the conscience. And it says, I love sin. And when you say I love sin, you're evidencing your lack of fearing God. Now, as much as you'd like to deny God if you're lost this morning, you can't deny Him. Because He's mighty, beautiful, universe that He created gives testimony to that fact. Upon the conscience. Romans one twenty, verse nineteen says, "Because that which because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse." Godhead there referred to his divinity. Not his deity, to his divinity. <coughs> See, divinity uh, uh, denotes what pertains to God. I'd give you the, uh, the Greek word, but you wouldn't know it any more than I would. It's T-H-E-I-O-T-E-S. So divinity is what pertains to God. Deity, T-H-E-O-T-E-S, is the state of being God. So he speaks there because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were thankful became their imagination their foolish heart were darkened. 
back 20, the visible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead or his divinity. Something interesting here. This is a Romans by William R. Newell. I have several books on Romans. I like this one probably as well as any. He makes a statement here about his, even his eternal buyer and Godhead, or he has it here, divinity. As I just said, divinity uh, returns to God, deity re replaces to the state of being God. Joseph Addison. Brother, we have that book you gave us on the writers of, of gospel hymns. Joseph Addison wrote a beautiful hymn. I forgot to write it down, <laughs> the title of it. Uh, it goes like this. Talking about the deity of God. The spacious firmament, and that, how the heavens uh, reveal that. The spacious firmament on high with all the blue ethereal sky. And spangled heavens a shining frame, their great original proclaim. The unwearied sun from day to day doth his creator's power display and publishes to every land the work of an almighty hand. Soon as the evening shades prevail, the moon takes up the wondrous tale. And nightly to the listening earth repeats the story of her birth. Whilst all the stars that round her burn, and all the planets in their turn, confirm the tidings as they roll, and spread the truth from pole to pole. What though in solemn silence all move round this dark terrestrial ball? What though no real voice nor sound amidst their radiant orbs be found? In reason's ear they all rejoice, and utter forth a glorious voice, forever singing as they shine, the hand that made us, is divine. Amen. Brother, you have this hymnal here by, by uh, this writer of this song, Joseph Addison. I wish we could maybe get Sister Alexis. We might be able to learn that song. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. Amen. So Godhead refers to divinity. And uh, not deity. So, we are looking at this matter of the wrong committed. Forgiveness has uh, uh, a sense to a wrong committed, getting back to that. Mm -hmm. Now, Adam, our father, committed a great sin. Back there in Genesis 3. Don't take my word for it. Genesis 3, verse 6. Now back over in Genesis 2, God gave them a command.
It says in verse 15, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden, and Eden to dress him to keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, but in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Now verse 6 in chapter 3. After Satan had tempted her, it says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now don't forget we're talking about a forgiveness. And here we see the wrong committed. She disobeyed God. Servant says, you won't die. He never tells the truth, does he? He said, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, man, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they, they, knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. There's the wrong committed. And verse 17 says, in chapter 2, For the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat from the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And they died. They did die. The verse in, says, and ye shall die. And the verse means, or in dying, die. Man, by his disobedient act, became at once a mortal creature who otherwise continue in a state of innocence and by eating of the tree of life, which he was allowed to do, would have lived in a mortal life. But by eating, his natural life would not continue forever. But more than that, a spiritual death immediately followed. John Gill goes on to say about that, he lost his original righteousness in which he was created. The image of God in him and you and I became deformed. We no longer were the image of God. Now Adam was, but we weren't. The powers and faculties of his soul were corrupted and he became dead in trespasses and sins. So if it had not been for the interposition and the surety of a Savior to engage to make satisfaction to law and justice might have been eternal death or an everlasting separation from God for Adam and all his posterity. Now a lot of these thoughts are not original with me. I won't take credit for that, for that brilliant statements there. I don't have that mind. But I concur and I believe this. It's always good to read from good men.
First Corinthians fifteen twenty two. First Corinthians fifteen twenty two says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Verse 20 says, But now in Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man, that is Adam, came death, by man came also the resurrection of Christ. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So we, we, we committed a wrong. And we died. We're separated from God. If you're without the Lord this one, you have no access to God. Your good works won't get you there. You can attend church 20 times a week. You can go to all the revivals in your community. You can talk about the Lord as well as you know Him. If you're not under the blood, you never trusted Christ and what He did, then there is no forgiveness. See, Adam wasn't deceived. Eve was, but not Adam. Therefore, he was the transgressor. And all his posterity ever since are the same. First Timothy 2 and verse 14. It says, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Adam sinned with his eyes wide open, man. <laughs> That we're talking about forgiveness. So the wrong was committed. We died. And God was offended. It was His law that was ignored. I went so many years before the Lord saved me. Well, my grandmother taught me a lot of things, I knew the Bible. Pretty good. You know, I knew about right and wrong and that our sins made us an enemy of God. And I knew that you had to have Christ as your Savior. I knew all about that. I knew God was offended. But it didn't change my life any. I just went right on. And I continued to get worse and worse and worse. Thank God you don't know how worse I was. But he saved me. So, forgiveness, first of all, assents to a wrong committed. Secondly, in closing, forgiveness declares the sinner not guilty. I'm not guilty today. Not guilty. 
So another man wrote, forgiveness may be said to be the principal fruit of redemption. I believe he's right. There's a lot of fruits of redemption, but man, that forgiveness, that's right there at the top. Isn't it? So we go back to our text in Ephesians chapter 1, which all these studies of these heavenly bank account is based upon. Ephesians 1.7 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And that forgiveness is the motive for us to be like-minded, like-minded in relation to others. You know, I look at my brother and say, boy, he's sinned. I, I don't have nothing to do with him. I'm a little better than that. Look what he did. Or she. Ephesians 4.32 says, 4.30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed in the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So it's the principle fruit of redemption. I agree with that. And that's the motive for you and I to be like-minded. How is this forgiveness made possible? I can't bring it back. Ain't nothing I can do. By another. That's Christ. Who makes settlement for that wrong that I committed by interceding for those sins. You see, God, for Christ's sake, for Christ's sake, for His Son's sake, has forgiven us. In Christ, and in Him only, that forgiveness is possible. He shed His blood for the remission of sins. My sins and yours be without Christ. Oh, God will be just not to forgive us. He'd be just. Yes, he I couldn't say you're not just, Lord. But he has to do that. For them that Christ died to purchase their redemption. Psalm 32. We've got a couple of verses here, then we'll close. Psalm 32. Blessed is he his whose blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Amen to that. Whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. Psalm 85, 2. 
Might as well read verse 1. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. So it's made possible by what Christ did. And by repentance and faith. Acts chapter 8, 22. You see, he did it all. And when we see that by the Holy Spirit's revelation, we're brought to our knees to repent. Acts 8. And verse 22. It says, Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Second Timothy. 2 verse 25. This will be our last verse. It says in make that, uh, verse 24, And the servant of the Lord, that's you and I, must not strive, but be gentle unto all men after teach and patience. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Thank God for his word. Trust he'll bless it to your hearts. Thankful to see Brother Myron here. You all know him. Be sure and shake his hand and Tell him how glad you are to see him, just like I am. Mm. Brother Hilly?